happy campers. Spike. Chris. And the show is geeking out. And here we go. It's been a little while since we did this. Yep, it's time for that annual, everybody's favorite game show once a year. Which end is it going to come out of? And so, I got the bonus round this year. I got it coming out of both ends. So, hi Chris, how you hi. doing? Hi Chris, how you? I'm doing good, even though I'm... I'm <clears throat> I still I'm, blame you. I know. But anyway, I'm coming in here sniffing and sneezing and snotting. All I don't know it. what that is, but I'll, I will get to that. But either way, boy, what... Did I jinx it or did I jinx it? I said, you, you, when back at the beginning of the year, when we said 2022, hopefully it'll be better than 2021 was, even yeah. though 2021 was a crap storm, even compared to 2020. We we're like, 2022, hopefully this will be a better. And even I said, and I knew I was wrong when I said it, well, maybe this one will be better. No, no, crap storm all the way around. Ukraine is burning to the ground right now. Ukraine, by the way, is home to Chernobyl. The worst nuclear disaster in human history, even worse than, well, as far as nuclear power plants go. But, wow. so that's a that's a whole happy mess of its own. But, meanwhile, over here in the real world, we have, makes sense. We have stuff to talk about because this is geeking out. Well, I'm not going to say it makes sense because I wasn't so upset with mad, with mean tweets that I enabled an incontinent, incompetent idiot into office for the next three years, if he lives that long. Right, Kamala? <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> so now that we've been struck off of YouTube, let's go on. <coughs> Yay. I got I got coughs. Anyway, Chris is wearing a Joker shirt that says, I got jokes. So I do. Do you like that shirt? Yes. Is that one of the ones I got you for Christmas? Yes, it is. I actually, pick, I actually picked that up from, where was that? The MeTV store? I think yes. I got it from MeTV. Yes. Yeah, because there was two of them. One was Canimate yes. to serve humanity. And then this one I got joked. But Cesar Romero, of course, is the real Joker. But anyway. Of course he is. Mustache and all. Anyway. So, anyway. Last yes. time we had to talk about putting video in our video. And then before that we had to talk about Boba Fett. We need to talk about Boba Fett one more time because episode seven Boba, Boba, Boba Fett. bit, bit the dead donkey. That was, talk about a return to form. I actually, I ignored the book of Boba Fett, what was it, first four episodes? I ignored yeah. the first four episodes and then Baby Yoda turns up in episode five. And I pay attention, and everybody else is paying attention, because there's Baby Yoda and the real Mandalorian. Uh, that's, can, was... can we just, let's let's just go ahead and say it right here and right now. Okay. The real Mandalorian is Baby Yoda daddy, okay? Yes. So, Boba Fett is not the Mandalorian anymore. The real Mandalorian is Baby Yoda daddy. Yes. So, so let's, episode, what was it, seven of the Book of Boba Fett? The, yes, yes. the only thing, I, I got two impressions. You go ahead and you give your impressions first. I want to hear what you have to say on this. Uh, I mean, the show itself has been what they call a slow process. But I was still in it because of everybody who was behind it. Now, when it came to the Mandalorian episodes and baby yoda i was trying to figure out like why is this part of this story because it should have been just all about mandalorian or in the new episodes of mandalorian when it comes out it shouldn't even be part of this but it was and those were the best parts this last episode uh well yeah. It was a very long shootout that was not even exciting. It was really stupid. It was just plain dumb. It really was dumb. I mean, the shootout was was way too long. Uh, that one dude did this spin that everybody's memeing about now because it's so stupid. 
Like he just like did this. You know, yeah, because everybody could just shoot like <laughs> the line. one time we were not recording video. You're de- you're physically <laughs> demonstrating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I've tried. Um, but yeah, like it was just so stupid and there were scenes that didn't go nowhere. It's like the two girls that didn't like each other. It's like, what was their deal? Like, why did they hate each other so much? And then they're like, oh, cover us. We're going to go up to the rooftop. They go up to the rooftop to do absolutely nothing. Like nothing happened because here's kind of Bubba Fett riding a... What is this? One of those creatures called whatever it is. But, uh, man, it was just, it was just bad. <laughs> I will say, That's my opinion on that. I will say this about the book of Boba Fett. Okay. Okay. The, the writers on this. Okay. Now, as far as I know, uh, I don't know who all the writers were. Hold on. John Favreau, Noah Clore, based on Star Wars by George Lucas, Don't Get Excited, and Dave Filoni got one episode. Okay. John Favreau is... So you had a bad day. I think that's what this was. Because this is high school fan fiction. Okay. You can tell what John Favreau is invested in and what he's not. Okay, John Favreau. Now Dave Filoni only only wrote one episode. I don't know which one. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. John Favreau has writer credits on seven episodes. Noah Clore has seven. I don't know who Noah Clore is. I mean, I'm, I'm hitting IMDb and looking as we go. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> he's a writer on all seven episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. He did a, a short called Alien Xmas. He did a, he wrote a short called Enlightened. The Amazing Cartwright. Slay Bells, S-L-A-Y. Uh, he was a director on a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Okay. I am going to say this. He's the um, one that did it. <laughs> Noah Clore. Wait a minute. I want to see something here. Let me see, let me see his resume. I want to see how old he actually is. Uh, no, that's IMDb Pro. Back up. So anyway, this he looks young. He's been running around since 2011, and he's got all of six credits to his name. This is his first major project. I can tell that you have a novice writer here. Okay, Let me explain what's going on here. When I was in high school, I, I wrote quite a bit. I should have kept writing, but life gets in the way. You know how that goes. Anyway, 90% of the stuff I read in writing journals in my senior year of high school read just like the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> okay. Talky, just dialogue after dialogue after dialogue. Okay. Long extemporaneous speeches, far too, li- either far too little detail, so you don't know who anybody is, or far too much detail because you don't care who these people are. Zero character development. I know more. Now, we've got Mighty Morphin Ninja Turtles in in Book of Boba Fett. That's the way I look at them. They write KitchenAid Mixers is the way I look at it. Each one, they're supposed to be these super, oh my goodness, they're oh so cool space motorcycles. Oh my gosh, they got the big old handlebars, and here I am demonstrating the handlebars on an audio podcast. (laughs) But... They got the big old handlebars. They have headlights. Headlights. Chris, how many times have you seen headlights in Star Wars? On anything? I mean... You don't even... The only thing George Lucas has ever done you saw headlights on was American Graffiti, and that was back almost before I was born, okay? That was the last time George Lucas had a headlight on anything. I mean, I know what they were trying to do, 
they tried to make a biker game full of emo kids. Basically, is what they that, are. That is not Dave Filoni. Okay, no, it's not John Favreau. You can tell which parts. Like, let's get back to the the focus here. John Favreau and Dave Filoni were involved with creating the Mandalorian. Okay, yes. Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda Daddy. Okay, I'm, I I swear I'm going to wind up calling him Doggy Daddy here in a minute. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Doggy Daddy. Doggy. Daddy. Uh, you can tell which ones they're invested in. You can tell that the reason John Favreau is there is because he put trust in what's his face. I swear I can't remember his name. Noah Clore. He gave Noah Clore a chance. Okay. He didn't want to do Book of Boba Fett. I don't believe. I I think if you were to actually grab John Favreau, push him up against the wall, and good luck because he outweighs you about two to one. But put him up against the wall and say, D was this your idea? He'll say no. He was trying to give this kid a chance. And then he comes in. He sees just how spectacularly bad the first four episodes are going. Now, understand, episodes five and six are not being filmed in a week. Yeah. Okay? You are not filming any sequence with Baby Yoda in a week. Right. There are reports that came out after episode six that there were extensive reshoots there were rewrites, and there were all kinds of things going on trying to get, trying to salvage episode seven for release so it would come out on time. Hmm. At the time, there was even talk they would do an episode eight just to finish wrapping everything up. But no, they just went ahead and cut bait and left, which I'm, I'll get to that in a minute. But so obviously, John Favreau sees this train wreck coming and tries to help as best he can. John Favreau, I'm telling you, Favreau and Filoni were far more involved in episodes five and six than they were in one, two, three, four, or seven. Okay, yeah. they may have been involved in seven, but just mainly trying to get the. It's like when Sully tried to land the. Uh, when Captain Sully had to land the uh, the jetliner into the Hudson River so it wouldn't crash many, many moons ago. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to do a controlled, safe crash landing here before they ruined the entire franchise. <laughs> you can tell where the rewrites hit because Baby Yoda, spoiler alert, Baby Yoda comes back to help Mando and Boba Fett win their fight. And who called that one? Yes, you actually got one. Wait up. Way to go. There's your golf clap. Yes. I saw it and I was like, hey. It's not, I don't even know if you can call it foreshadowing. It's just lazy writing more than anything. They set up the possibility because it worked because we were arguing about whether they were going to undo the, the, tril the sequel trilogy or not. Disney's not going to throw that much money away no matter what. And I'm sure there are like five people on the entire planet who actually give a rat's patoot about those five about those three sequels. Y'all can have it. I don't care. I know they took pretty heavy backlash from a certain member of the Star Wars fandom for Episode Seven of Boba Fett because it was just so bad. Like I said, no character development. You can see the cliches coming from a mile away. It was nice getting the giant monster movie at the very tail end with Baby Yoda sitting there putting him to sleep, spoiler alert. Which was like the <laughs> awe moment. Yes, that was the obligatory awe moment. In a way, it was kind of like, okay, good, now I don't have to see any more Godzilla films for a while. <sighs> And on, and on the other hand, because you can tell it was supposed to be cool because you had Boba Fett writing this thing, okay? So it was supposed to be a cool scene. It was supposed to be an awesome visual. What it turned out to be was the giant spider from Men in Black. Oh, no. Yes, that was the 21st wow. century answer to the giant spider. Not even from Men in Black. It was Wild Wild West. My apologies. Oh, yeah, it was the Wild Wild West spider. Okay. Wow. Although Men in Black had its own pretty stinky moments. But anyway. Uh, so you can tell they were trying to hit every cliche. They honestly thought 
that the average person watching this, the book of Boba Fett, was 12. Yes. They don't even understand that 12-year-olds are too sophisticated for that <laughs> crap now. Okay, this is the kind of stuff, if you had put this on Disney Junior, you might have impressed your audience. Wow. Okay, that is how infantile the storytelling <laughs> was here. Compare and contrast episode set. Now, I know, just like me, the vast majority of people who saw anything of Boba Fett saw episodes 5, 6, and 7. Completely ignored the first four episodes. I think you watched the first four, didn't you? Yes, I watched okay. them all. Sucker. <laughs> the rest of humanity stuck with 5, 6, and 7. We watched 5 because we heard it was really good, and we're like, all right, if it's going to be good, let me give it a try. And then they watched 6 because 5 was so good, and then they stuck around for episode seven because six was so good. And then they got let down. They're like, ah, darn it, came in my mouth again. But anyway. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> so it, it was just a big old Star Wars bukkake at the end. But anyway. It, it was really horrible. Uh, I hope that Disney, well, I know it's going to happen. But Disney's now overdoing it because they know that all of this sells pretty well and like there's so many spin-offs like we're getting Obi-Wan coming and uh, things like that but I I knew as soon as uh, what's the name Cat Bane showed up and he gets killed everybody was mad like I heard people angry that Cat Bane died right mm -hmm. I was like watch don't give him his own uh, series and sure enough I hear that they're actually giving him a series so I hope they don't do that with every character you know it's like we don't need spin-offs and uh, you know a bunch of those because then heck you can just open up an entirely new door full of spin-offs I don't want that. And I don't blame you. Here is an article from from a website called thedailycamera.com. Don't bother, especially if you're using an ad blocker. It's from 2009. Noah Clore is the twisted mind behind Boulder High's infected haunted house. That's who wrote the book of Boba Fett, y'all. He was a high school student who helped design his high school's haunted house. That was his first claim to fame, which I have nothing against. Hey, hey, art direction, creating this custom design and doing all this and that and the, the workflows and stuff. But yo, <laughs> yo, that's his qualifications, okay? Now, I'm still trying to see if I can find this freaking age anywhere. But anyway, it don't matter, I guess. It really doesn't. Anywho. And, okay, now you saw the first four episodes. Those were not kitchen aids that the Mighty Morphin Ninja Turtles were writing, right? Because they oh, came they, in a uh, rainbow of colors. They showed up in, like, I think the fourth episode. Or maybe the third. I don't know. It was like a it was, I mean, the first four was just him, you know, telling his story yeah. and to where he is now, which wasn't far apart. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've been in the desert for all this time. <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. Like, that's nothing special, trust me. So anyway, so... Quite frankly, I've had enough of the Book of Boba Fett. I understand that what they've got coming up now. Which one's next? Is it uh, Obi-Wan? Yes. Is Obi-Wan coming up next? Yes. And he's they've already leaked that he's going to fight Darth Vader twice. Hayden Christensen, who played uh, the younger version of Darth Vader... Uh, he's supposed to be in it, so he's coming back. How much confidence do you think I'm ha I have? And hey, here's a question: 
Am I going to be watching the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi the minute it hits Disney Plus? No. Are you going to be watching Obi-Wan Kenobi the minute it hits Disney Plus? Yes. Yes. So, we'll, you'll be the one who talks about that one, not that me. That is true. I, I will. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Disney Plus just added uh, Free Guy. That was a movie that you liked. Yes. Chris has wandered off because he's his sinus infection is getting to him again. But anyway, you better not be giving me anything else or I'm going to womp you. Anyway, so anyway, Free Guy is now on Disney+. Plus. I have not seen it yet, but I'll far, probably be far more likely to watch it on your Disney Plus account than, <laughs> than to pay for it. It's, I mean, a lot of people didn't get it because they don't play video games. If you play enough video games or you know at least the concept of, like, GTA and, you know, stuff like that, then you're going to love it. But, and there's also a lot of hidden Easter eggs in there. Like, Hugh Jackman's in it, but you don't see him. The Rock's in it, but you don't see him. Mm. Uh, and Tiki Waititi, who is an amazing writer, director, visionary, plays the villain in it. So, yeah, I... Mm. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I loved it. So. I might give it a try, but if I do, I'll come back and talk, talk about it here next time. Okay. But, uh, for some reason, well, I know why, because I've been listening to music and I've been hearing Axel F a lot. <laughs> I want to see Beverly Hills Cop. But the problem is, I'm kind of nervous about watching Beverly Hills Cop because I remember what all is involved in Beverly Hills Cop. And I don't want to sit there and watch alone. I want the I want a movie that I can sit down and watch with the, the beloved. But she is, uh, she's not too keen on scenes involving nudity. She she's not so bad about violence as long as it's not graphic. And of course, foul language just ticks us both off. Cause her she doesn't want to hear it, and I consider it lazy writing. But the hard part is finding a broadcast version of. Beverly Hills Cop. Have you ever seen the first Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. I've seen them all. Oh, you've seen them all? Yes. Okay. So what did you think about Beverly Hills Cop? The first Beverly Hills Cop. The first Beverly Hills is actually, it was I thought was really good. Uh, I got to admit, as they go on, the second and third got more comical. Mm -hmm. And more like, how should I say? It got derivative and repetitive. Yeah, it was I mean, the like same crap. Was, yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to play it safe, I would go with the third one. Because yeah. I think there's, like, less cursing. I don't think there's nudity at all in it. Mm. It was just more comedic mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah. But the second one was pretty much like the third one, just halfway there. The first one was more raunchy and just, like, hardcore. Yeah. This more more distilled Eddie Murphy. But I liked them. I liked them a whole lot more than, uh, I mean, you want to talk about raunchy, 48 hours? <laughs> that was what I was about to mention. That, that's, that, that one's... That, <laughs> that was a crime story with a comedic element in it. So that was that was a crime story with the, with the sense of humor. So 48 hours was all right. I, I did I like Beverly Hills I like those too, but Beverly Hills But... Uh, I'm looking through the top 15 money grocers of the 80s, no. and I've realized I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Really? What, what, what are they? Let I've seen see. Beverly Let's Hills see. Cop. That was at 15. Carl Dundee. They oh. made, now, number 14 was Fatal Attraction. Don't get ahead of me here. Sorry. Fatal Attraction actually made more money than Beverly Hills Cop, supposedly. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I'm not going to say why. I didn't watch that because... <laughs> Mainly because Glenn Close is not that sexy. but uh, And I like bunny rabbits. Crocodile like Dundee I have seen. Yeah. Uh, I watched that like crazy when I was little. It was fun, but it's one of those I only want to see it once movies. We've talked about those before. Yeah. One and Dunn's. I, I can't watch Crocodile Dundee again. Now this one I've been able to see over and over. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. That, that revolutionized... Everything and that's what that's what 
kind of helped bring Disney back was Who Framed Roger Rabbit and The Little Mermaid. Okay, I we got a new topic. Yes. This is why I, 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 I messaged you. Yeah. And I never heard a reply, but if you seen the trailer for the Disney live action version of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes, I've seen it. I can't tell if it's sheer incompetence or if it's a college student trying to make a point. Because I can see what they're trying to do. They are trying to be snarky yeah. and they're missing it. Yeah. You're not quite getting it. The idea is you've got Chip and Dale. They are in two different animation styles. Chip is in the super deformed chibi style of Japanese animation where he's got the jelly bean mouth. Kind of like what Turning Red is. We need to talk about that here in a minute. Because I found out stuff about Turning Red I didn't want to know. That's the new Pixar movie that's coming out. I don't know if you've heard it or not. We'll talk about it in a minute. We'll talk about it in a minute. Meanwhile, Dale is supposed to be more CGI, and yeah. he is suffering from severe Sonic the Hedgehog syndrome. <laughs> the eyes are beady. He's de- he doesn't look right. But that was supposed to be Dale getting a, getting a, a makeover. Basically, he got. Which he got, was like the only joke in the trailer that I was like, <laughs> like I, I chuckled over. Yeah. To tell you the truth, looking at this, and it's supposed to be like an E-True Hollywood story. <clears throat> Disney, nobody's cared about E-True Hollywood story or the E-Network in the last 10 years. Okay, yes. So you're about... <laughs> Centuries off. <laughs> you're, not, you're not just way behind the curve. It's like everybody else on the planet has gone to another state and you're still trying to navigate ni- uh, like ni- 1999-2000. Okay. The... Uh, Behind the music. <laughs> it is... Honestly, I have less desire to see this Chippendale Rescue Rangers than I wanted to see the Chippendale Rescue Rangers that showed up in the new DuckTales. Remember them? Yes. Remember them? That was the one I was like, that is actually an interesting idea. Yeah. To, you've got Chip, Dale, Gadget, uh, Monterey Jack, and Wizard... <laughs> Yeah, which was I mean, you had you had all five of them right there, but they were normal animals because they weren't ducks, so they don't count. But they were still intelligent; they could still run around, and do things, do that in the ducktail style where they don't talk. Yeah, they everybody else can talk, but the rescue rangers don't. They just go in, kick butt, take over with a bunch of trash they turned into. They MacGyvered into like nuclear missiles, and then. T- just fit save the day. Yeah. That would be interesting. But again, that requires ability and talent that Disney does not care about anymore. It's all about commodities. Have you heard of a guy named the Critical Drinker? No. Okay, you need to check out the Critical Drinker sometime because he gets into even more esoteric detail than I do. But he also gets far more analytical than I do. Because I'll usually sit there and say, ah, it stinks. He'll sit there and explain exactly why it stinks. Well, this trailer blew my mind because... The, like, the only reason why I didn't want to see it is because the cameos. Yes. But then it got to that point where it started to show... I don't know who sings the song, but it was not appropriate song for Disney... <laughs> Or for the cartoon at all, to the point I was like, what on earth is, like, what is this? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Again, they they are trying to be snarky, and they think they're being edgy, and all they're being is stupid. Yes, lots of stupid. <laughs> here's, the, here's your problem, guys. You, again, you have the mentality of 12-year-olds, but not even 12-year-olds today because you ruined childhood for all these kids already. Okay, all these kids are already scarred. Forcing them to wear burkas on their face for the last two years alone would do that. Yeah. But you have stripped them of their innocence. You have stripped them of their dignity. You have stripped them of their identity. From the, from the day they are born, you stripped them of that. Okay? All y'all do this. Every single one of you. Not you. You're just in the line of fire. Sorry. Anyway. All y'all, and I've been, 
I screamed about this for months and months on Twitter. Why are people so determined to abuse children? Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a children's property. You must not abuse your position as a creator in that franchise or as a producer in that company to expose children to, th to crap like that. Okay, it's one thing to expose a child to chibi, okay, that is, with the jelly bean mouths and stuff, I actually encourage people to check out Steven Universe at one point. I got better, okay, they got worse, I got better. <laughs> but, and again, we're, we're heading to the turning red before we, before we close up shop here. Stop trying to subvert your children. And I know which song you were talking about. I couldn't rem I couldn't tell you which song it was, but I know it was not appropriate. For, no, for I, I know the lyric. I know the. I've I've heard the lyrics of the song before distant on the radio to know that what they're talking about is very very rated R. Yes. So yes. And I, it's. It doesn't even matter. Uh, the Verge says that Disney Plus went full Space Jam 2 with the new Chip and Dale. That's, that's a line I'm going to steal right there. <laughs> oh, man. What a, a hard little idea. But anyway, the... Uh, so so we're not looking forward to Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. No. I, will not see the, I will not see this when it comes out. Uh, you going to see it when it first comes out? Again, I'll go see it because of the cameos that is in it. It might be better than what I thought, but I would actually have to have at least two more trailers to let me see, and it may change my mind to the point where I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's... Do you want to go, keep talking about 80s movies, or should we move on to Turning Red? I mean, I... Let's go on to Turning turn Red, red. okay? Because I, I just wanted to make a point about Beverly Hills Cop because I like Beverly Hills Cop. But again, it's, it's one of those things where you have, you are forced by companies that don't care about what you actually want. You are forced to accept whatever they'll give you. I cannot buy a, a broadcast version of Beverly Hills Cop, for example. I've seen Beverly Hills Cop on ABC before. It was actually really, really good because they left a lot of the raunch out, a lot of the violence out, a lot of the foul language, and believe it or not, it was actually a pretty good movie in there. And that's one of the reasons why they, why these guys do not want you to get the broadcast versions because once you strip the filth out, there's not a whole lot of story left or character left or anything like that left to their film, and it's just becomes glaringly obvious. Compare, I say, compare the broadcast version of, say, Chinatown, yeah. which you want certain parts taken out because <laughs> you really don't want to see that. But you take the broadcast version of Chinatown and compare it to, say, the broadcast version of A Clockwork Orange, where there's nothing left... Clockwork Orange goes from being a two-hour movie to being a ten-minute cartoon <laughs> on the broadcast version, okay? You, there's not even a reason to do it. But. Uh, I would suggest maybe looking for that type of version on YouTube. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's just it. I want to pay for it. I want to pay for a broadcast version that I can watch and not be offended by. But Hollywood doesn't want to take my money on it. So... What do I do? I have to go to YouTube. Remember, uh, oh, BitTorrent. Remember when that was a thing? Yes. <laughs> and it, not that it is anymore. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> but torrents, that was the only way to get stuff like that. And then Hollywood, that was the only way to get any of your stuff. Yeah. And then Netflix was like, hey, give us some money. We'll pay Hollywood. And then you can come in out of the cold. You can watch this anytime you want. Okay, cool. And now look where we are. Because the Hollywood the Hollywood snow jobs got a hold of it again. They only have jobs so they can afford snow, is what I'm saying. Anyway. So speaking of disrespecting your audience, turning red. Now this one first off, Pixar is furious with Disney. 
for putting this on the Disney Plus service instead of releasing it theatrically. Oh. And I cannot blame them for it because a lot of people, I'm not going to say everybody, but quite a few people involved in these productions get points. Yeah. Okay. That's where they get the bulk of their payout is from points. When you go to streaming service, all your points are worth goose egg, bupkis. You get no extra money for that because you get paid from the theatrical and then you get paid a certain amount on the streaming. Okay, the streaming comes in as the streaming is applied towards your base salary. Okay, right. so you don't get paid per play on streaming. You get paid a, a certain amount of residual based on how how popular it is on a streaming service. As time goes on, fewer and fewer people are watching these movies over and over. You're not getting the residuals for it anymore. So they depended on gross points, and you never take net. You always take gross on your points. They depended on the gross points to make the bulk of their income off of the production of this film. That's why Pixar is furious with it, for one thing. And for another thing, it makes Pixar look like a bunch of punks, because now Walt Disney Feature Animation can release theatrically. Pixar can't. <laughs> That's why there are people at Pixar who want out of Disney now. Over this, but anyway, I was mean, Pixar can do great on their own, open up their own studio, just like start doing their own movies, which is which is what they used to do when they when they were run by Steve Jobs. I, I totally support Pixar. I love pretty much every Pixar movie. I'm hearing I'm hearing some disturbing reports coming out now. I have not seen a whole lot about Turning Red yet, which is the new Pixar film. It's about this 13-year-old girl, and apparently when she's under stress, she turns into a large red panda. Okay, so that's the basic premise. Okay, yeah, I can get it. There are people who are criticizing Pixar because they were doing the chibi with it. Everybody had, like, the, the jelly bean mouths. It basically looked like a CGI version of Steven Universe. Okay, that's what chibi basically is. Everybody's got the big mouths, big eyes, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know how familiar you are with biology. What do what are most girls dealing with when they turn 13? Okay, so I knew this was coming because <laughs> I've already seen the trailers for the movie. Yes. And literally my thought literally went to, oh, she's going through puberty. Yep. That's literally what my thought was. Okay, like, children, cover so. your ears and count to five. <laughs> children, cover your ears and count to five, okay? We're talking about a prepubescent girl having her first period. That's what Turning Red is about, apparently. Now, I can't say for sure. I have not seen the film. Chris, do you want to see a film about a girl's first period? No. Do I want to see a... a... Oh, hell no. <laughs> Pixar has this ability to tell really great stories. Yes. But they don't always stuff to just but they don't always get it right. They they have more hits than misses, I'll admit, but they're missing more now. Okay. Anybody remember the good dinosaur? Pixar would like you to not to. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched there's it. there's a reason they have four toy stories Two Monsters movies and one of everything else. Well, no, they have two Incredibles, too. And Cars went on forever and ever. They had three of those. It just kept on getting worse. Yeah. Toy Cars was what paid for Pixar. Cars okay. was actually a ripoff of, a, of Doc Hollywood that had Michael J. Fox <laughs> in it. That's what Cars was. It was literally a ripoff yes. of Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Chris. Well, so I'm just Chris, saying, Chris, honey, are we going to have to sit down and discuss no, no, just know, how often Pixar has ripped off other studios? I'm just, do, I was just do saying. Do we have to go with like, this? Don't, don't make. Of course, then again, I was probably the only one in the world that has actually seen Doc Hollywood. So that's, <laughs> that's why true. nobody else actually that's got true. it. So it's like. But anyway, do not make me pull out the TV Tropes web pages for all these Pixar movies and ha see how where exactly they redirect. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. But they're still enjoyable. They're still enjoyable. A, a good number of them are. Turning Red has me nervous. Because, again, if it had not been for 
I was about to say Juan Epstein. If it hadn't been for Epstein pimping out teenage girls, if it had not been for all these, I'm just going to say pervs, trying to turn out underage children and convince them they're the wrong gender, if it hadn't been for all the abuse in the Boy Scouts, if it hadn't been for all the abuse in the Girl Scouts, if it hadn't been for all the abuse in the Catholic Church, if it hadn't been for all this abuse of children, do you realize that slavery of children is worse now than it has ever been in human history? There are more child slaves now than ever before. There are more child sex slaves now than ever before. There is, I can see, a concerted movement to attack children. That's why I am extremely leery about this. If it wasn't for all that background radio, radiation that had sensitized me to this, I probably would see the film and I probably wouldn't even catch it right away. I might have to see it a second time before I'd be like, wait a minute, there's a subtext here. <laughs> but now that I'm hearing this, they think what, what's striking me is they think they're being clever and instead they're being gross, okay? One critic, and I'm not even going to name him, one critic came out and said that he actually got turned on by turning red, okay? The entire internet gave the correct response, dude, she's 13. This is like, yeah, you know who I'm talking about, too. <laughs> Benny Mardonis did a, um, a song called Into the Night, and my beloved wife liked that song until I'm like until I told her, "Did you hear that first line?" And she's like, "What? She's just 16 years old, and she cannot listen to that song anymore." I never liked the song to begin with, but once you're sensitized to that, you can, every time you see anything that even smells of it that just gives you a whiff like it could be a possibility, you're going to turn around, you're going to walk away. Turning red, I honestly think, especially considering everything that's happened in the last six years, turning red could, it's probably not going to be a flat-out disaster for Pixar, but there are going to be a lot of people who are going to have their opinions changed if this movie is what I'm hearing it's going to be. If this movie is about a 13-year-old girl's sexuality and her puberty, there's going to be a lot of people who will walk away from Pixar. Okay, I'm warning you. The best thing Pixar could do, and I'm betting somebody at Disney, I'll bet you that, not Bob Iger, who's the other one? There's another Bob involved. Whoever's in charge of Disney right now, I guarantee you he saw the film and he, he pulled the trigger to put it on Disney Plus instead of putting it out theatrically. Because theatrically, you're not going to get as many... You'll get kids watching it that first weekend and then the parents are going to be really sensitive to it because the parents don't really pay attention to what's going on in Disney Plus because that's supposed to be more family-friendly stuff. So they might be able to get away with something like that on Disney Plus the parents have to take the kids to the movies theatrically. So I'm beginning to think that Disney knows something that the rest of us don't yet, and there's a reason why it's coming to Disney Plus and not the theaters. If it, like I said, I'm just getting whiffs, my BS detectors going off right now, okay? My bs sense, as you will. If you will, but... So that's... That's what I'm thinking about turning red. I am very, very leery about this. Because you thought, you thought Me Too blew up into a movement? Wait until some of these parents start seeing these things, especially because once you become parent, you get real sensitive about what your kids are exposed to. You've seen what's happened, critical race theory, in the last year. And all these teachers are like, uh-uh. We're supposed to be teaching your kids, not you. You're just the parents. We saw how that's turned out over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, Pixar. 
you're about to get the same treatment. You guys need to be careful about sexualizing teenagers because it's been going on for an awful long time, but it's also becoming a lot more blatant, mainly because you're becoming a lot less talented at hiding it. But I'm done. You got anything to say about turning red, Chris? Not really. <laughs> you got nothing, huh? No. All right. All right, we are at the 45-minute mark. Let's just go for an hour, and we'll call it quits for this week. All right, well, what, if, what have you actually got written down right now? Uh, okay, so we're doing an hour. Uh, oh, shit, okay. Watch your mouth. 20 minutes. We got 15 minutes. You got okay, 14 minutes and 16 seconds, not counting the stuff I had to delete at the All beginning. Right. Well, I uh, this, so one, this one here might take let's, a little bit longer. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the longer one. What you got? Okay. So yeah. DC released uh, their trailer teasers, where we got. Excuse me. Yeah. That's how much I care about DC right now. Go ahead. Are you serious? Have you I seen am serious. this stuff? Have you seen this stuff? Go ahead and tell me, and I'll I'll tell you whether we I've got seen to it or not. see uh, <clears throat> scenes from Black Adam. We got to see scenes from uh, the Flash. We got. They talked about the whole like. Bad Girl movie. Mm -hmm. Of course, Michael Keaton's going to be in it. Mm -hmm. And apparently they released a picture from the set where it has a mural on the on the side of a building that has Batman and the Knowledge Robin. So, mm -hmm. and then I was like, well, it's Batgirl, so of course they have to have Robin. Mm -hmm. So we might get a, a, an actual Michael Keaton actually had a Robin somewhere down the line in this yeah, that's true. He did. He he wasn't. He didn't have a Robin in the first two movies, did he? No. Hmm. So that must be why I liked them both. But anyway, I like the first one better than the second one. It's true. I have seen the first Batman movie, not a joke, probably about thirty or forty oh. times. Yeah. Mainly because it was one of the few videos we had when I was in Desert Storm. <laughs> sure, you told me that story. Yeah, yeah. I've told you that story before. Yes, we're in repeats. Get over. Anyway. Uh yeah. Uh. Probably, uh, I think every time it's ever been on television, I've stopped and watched it. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so that. Uh, and the Which Black is Adam fine. Stuff like I don't mind the DC theatrical stuff because they seem to be turning a corner. I mean, they had a setback with Wonder Woman 84. But everybody has a setback. It's okay. They can't all be home runs. But uh, considering how much, how hard Marvel's been choking wind here lately. DC, I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more confidence in the DC cinematics right now than I do in the Marvel cinematics. Yes. Okay. Although I do want to see Moon Knight just to see. Moon Knight is either going to be spectacular or it's going to be an absolute disaster. I'm hoping for spectacular. spectacular. But uh, my problem with DC right now is you got me started. Hold on here. I know. I just. They're, they're threatening to kill off the entire Justice League. Have we talked about this before? Because I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that I think, yeah. the reason they got rid of Clark Kent is because they didn't want to pay Siegel and Schuster any more money. So, especially Jerry Siegel's family, because DC's claiming they own the rights to Clark Kent. They don't own the rights to Superman. So, that's why you got Jonathan Kent. And, of course, they just can't resist making him gay. So, yeah, he's Jonathan Kent is gay. So, he's super gay oh, yeah, now. Yeah, he really is super gay now. And then they're going to redo Batman. They're going to redo The Flash, apparently. And anybody else who might be time. tainted with creator ownership. Which confuses me, because I'm pretty sure Marv Wolfman and George Perez started uh, created Cyborg back in like 1980. Which means they should have a little more claim on, on their ownership as compared to typical work for hire of the 40s and 50s. But... That's an esoteric subject we're not going to get into right now. But DC Comics is putting out all of this tripe, again, about super gay, where they're going to kill off the Justice League, and yada, 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 yada. And that's why I just could not care less about DC right now. DC Comics itself. I still want to see Black Adam. It still looks good. But, but again, that's... To, to be honest, now that I think about it, that's probably the first rock movie I've actually wanted to see, see in a while. <laughs> so anyway. Um, 
What else you got on here? Okay, yeah, I need to mention this as well oh, because we this. are like literally Ten a couple of weeks yeah. behind on this. Yes. But the beloved uh, Ivan Reitman passed away at yeah. 75. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I felt bad for Jason because... But at least Ivan got to see, to see yes, Afterlife hit, and that was awesome. Ivan Reitman's one of those guys, he has been involved in far more stuff than you know behind the scenes. He's done, I couldn't even tell you what all, I could look it up on IMDb, but I'm not even bother. He's been with Stripes, he's worked with Bill Murray a bunch. And I think he was involved in Groundhog Day, wasn't he? I think so. I believe so. so. All kinds of interesting, also, neat ideas. Uh, one of my favorite movies that honestly nobody really talks about, Multiplicity. I have seen, well, no, I haven't seen Multiplicity. I know it, it's out there, and it seems like, it again, it's, Ivan Reitman had this I, I, ability, this unique ability to find really interesting ideas and nurture them. So you wind up with Ghostbusters, and stripes, and you wind up with uh, multiplicity twins? and twins. Junior. Yes. And he did a whole bunch of stuff. He takes interesting ideas. I mean, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was still an action star at the time. It was twins that gave him a comedic spin. He finally stopped being the Terminator and Conan the Barbarian with twins when he got to work with Danny DeVito. And let's be honest... Danny DeVito made that film, but Arnold Schwarzenegger helped him make it work. Yeah. So, but anyway, Ivan Reitman, you'll be missed, but boy, oh boy, I'd, to be honest, if I could be anybody, if I had to be somebody else, I would love to have been Ivan Reitman. I honestly would. To be able to, yeah. to work with, yeah, I would have had to work with Bill Great Murray, but... but but I would have always with a with like a little twinkle in the eye, like a little wink and nod. Can you look up how what movies he did? Because um, I, I'm, I'm thinking of one. I just I said I didn't want to look. I know, but it's but I'm gonna look anyway. <laughs> I guess Ivan Reitman. Anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, not Jason Reitman. There we go. Oh my goodness, he's got 74 films to his. Woo! The Stripes TV series is coming up. Uh, Ghostbusters Ecto Force, I have no idea about. Huh. They've got another animated Ghostbusters project coming, I don't know about. Uh, let's see, Ghostbusters Afterlife. He was an executive producer on Space Jam, but I'll give him up on that. Uh, Ghostbusters, he did the Hitchcock film. Uh, I Love You Man, Hotel for Dogs, Trailer Park Boys the Movie. You know he did some of these for the paycheck. Evolution he did. Uh, he did Road Trip. Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah. Uh, he was executive producer on Mummies Alive. Did a whole 42 episodes. I don't know how. Uh, the original Space Jam he did. I forgot about that. Beethoven. I knew it. Okay. Dave. Was... Stomper. My mom will shoot. Kindergarten cops. Twins. Feds. Casual sex? Question mark. Legal Eagles. Heavy Metal. He was one of the producers on the Heavy Metal movie. Uh, he was a producer on Animal House. He. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! He did a bunch of stuff. But anyway. Beethoven was the one that I, I was remembering, but I was like, did, I think he did Beethoven. Mm -hmm. And that's another good movie that nobody really talks about. It's one of those things that kids absolutely adored, but I don't know. I've, I'm not a big fan of dogs. The, the only dog movie I ever really actually cared about was the one that came out last year. Not Balto. God, what was that one? Had Harrison Ford in it. Oh, uh, uh, oh. yeah, you can't think of it either uh, now that I've mentioned Wild Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. That was the one. One of the best movies I, yeah. I actually said. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. So what else you got? Because oh, we've got about okay. five minutes left to wrap this. Uh, uh, 
Ernie Hudson said that uh, there is big time rumors of a Ghostbusters 4 and he may return. I would love to see Ernie Hudson come back as like an enabler that, for, for the new Ghostbusters franchises. Yeah, the whole scene at the end of, the, of Afterlife, yeah. like yeah. he just reopens the whole yeah. thing. Like, yes. So he comes back and you know that if they do a ghost, another Ghostbusters, I I do like, I saw what you did there when you talked about Ghostbusters 4. I see what you did there. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, Dan Aykroyd, you know Dan Aykroyd would loves being being able to do Ghostbusters. I think again. he had so much. He fun. looked like he was he was having a ball. Bill dude. Murray too. He looked like he he just had a smile on his face. Doing Bill Murray. Bur- Bill was Murray like, was acting like a curmudgeon all the way. Like they right. had to drag him kicking and screaming, but you could tell he was kind of enjoying himself <laughs> anyway. And of course, I liked the post credit scene where they were giving him the oh, yeah, a taste of his own shock. medicine from the first movie with the electroshocks. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great especially see. seeing Sigourney Weaver sitting there giving him a hard time, you could tell they were both loving it there. But it was great. But it would be it would be loads of fun to see Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd involved in Ghostbusters five, uh, four. <laughs> it would. But I think I honestly think it would be a, a nice little coda there to to help wrap up this part of the franchise because let's face it, Sony's hitting on all cylinders here. They've they've knocked it out of the park with Spider Man, they're knocking it out of the park with Ghostbusters. It's just one after another, just bam, 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 bam. They know how to do it right. Considering that it was only about five years ago, six years ago, they did 2016 Ghostbusters, that Ghostbusters 3 you didn't want to talk about. But considering it's been that long, if we use that as a guideline, then that means the rest of Hollywood should be breaking out of their current slump probably by about 2025. I wonder who would be president in 2025. You. Most likely. <laughs> I'll probably be vice president. I'd be his running mate. Anyway. Uh, I'll go through these real quick. Quickly. Uh, we got about two and a half minutes. Go. Paul Dano said that he was having trouble sleeping playing the Riddler in the new Batman movie, which I'm trying to figure out. The only reason why I wrote this down, because to me, it's weird that it seems like actors who play in the Batman films have trouble sleeping. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? They are they are just so exposed all the time to darkness, and they I, have to stay awake. They associate darkness with having to be awake. So that makes that sense. Would, that makes more sense than some of these Batman things that um, just log through. Go ahead. The, this one I'm trying to figure out because I had no idea. I thought it was already out. Quick hits. Despicable Me will open July 2024. Despicable Me, this would be what, four? I Five? thought it was already out, to be honest. I'm this has to be a reboot used. or something. Because I heard about this a lo- like years ago. The last, so like, dis- the last Despicable Me movie was the Minions movie, wasn't it? Yes, and there's Despicable still a Minions Me is Steve movie coming Car- out too. Despicable Me is Steve Carell's animated franchise, right? Yes, there's one of Despicable Me, and then there's the Minion movies. Right. And the Minions are still coming out sometime. Like, yeah. there's been a poster for the new Minions movie at the theater for the last right. three years now. And it's one of those so, things that kids are wanting to see, I guess. But and Steven, young kids. Steven Spielberg kids. is doing a... Uh, well, what's he doing now? He's doing a, a bullet-based movie <laughs> off of Steve McQueen's character. Okay, we are going to have to stage an intervention for Steven Spielberg. Steven, yes, you got your start in that era, okay? But honey, listen to me. Stop remaking 60s films, okay? You remade West Side Story. Nobody wanted it because the first one was really good, and it's the, the first one was the musical for people who hate musicals, okay? That and the fact that you couldn't, you wouldn't drop fifty bucks for somebody to type up subtitles for the Spanish dialogue. Meh, 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 meh. Bullet, for crying out loud, was a Steve McQueen vehicle. 
unless you have managed, and it's a possibility with Steven Spielberg, because he does love his CGI, unless oh, you are oh, artificially it. resurrecting Steve McQueen a la Luke Skywalker oh, and remaking Bullet, and even then, Steve, you need to resurrect James Garner just so he can pull Rockford through the whole movie, too, okay? There's like three people who are listening to this who have gotten that reference, and they're the same three people who always listen to our podcast. So, speaking of old stuff, and I know this is way off the Why topic. Why are you looking at me when you say old stuff? Watch there's, it there, There's a man. movie coming out that I find Quick hits, honestly yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. It's the Elvis movie. <laughs> they try so hard to bring Elvis back. Now, you know what? Elvis, they should do an Elvis movie. They are. How in the world they haven't done it before now is beyond me. Uh, at least a good one. Look at what happened with Ray Charles. Okay, Ray Charles was a jack wagon. Okay, he really was a jerk. But they still managed to explain why he was such a jerk. And the movie Ray made Jamie Foxx. Okay. They did, uh, what was the other one? Walk the Line. Yes. Which was awesome. About Johnny Cash, which was also awesome. And which led us to the idea that, remember, you may be high, but you'll never be Johnny Cash with the strawberry cake in the bushes high. So anyway, it can be done. Elvis is long, long overdue. And to be honest, you could make somebody's career with this. Okay? But you got to have people who know how to tell a story. They're going to have to really get... They're going to have to be method actors, which means they're going to have to hide behind the character. Nobody went to see Ray to see Jamie Foxx. They went to see Ray Charles. Nobody went to walk the line to see... What, was it Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Nobody went to see Joaquin Phoenix. They went to see Johnny Cash. You're going to have to find some, and I don't know who, if they've already cast it's, their Elvis uh, yet or Yeah, not. the trailer's already out. I've already okay. watched it. it so who's Elvis? Uh, Brian Austin something. He, he Brian used to Austin be, Green? He used to be a Disney uh, star. Brian Austin Green. Oh, or my like goodness. That. This uh, is... It has Tom Hanks in it who plays his, uh, Elvis's manager and stuff. <laughs> but it, like, watching the trailer, I was just like, wow, this looks really good. Brian... I don't know if that's, this, I I don't know if that's his actual name. I don't know if that's... No, you're right. Brian Austin Green, I'm guessing. Yeah, Tom Hanks involved as Colonel Parker. Okay, that's the guy who who was Elvis's handler for years, his agent and stuff. Okay, you got Tom Hanks involved. If anything, can can pull a Will Smith. Because remember, Will Smith used to be the Fresh Prince. Okay, that was all he was known as until. Was it Men in Black? Yeah. It turned him into an actual actor because he did Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it it gave him exposure as being something other than a rapper. But it was Men in Black that made him a star. This could be a star making role, okay, for Brian Austin, whoever. Okay. Gotta hope but I you, you the right person. <laughs> Tom Hanks is not perfect, but it's a very very good sign because Tom Hanks gets to pick and choose exactly what he does. If he doesn't want to do it, Tom Hanks ain't going to do it. You have to get him interested in it. I think it's going to be good from what I saw in the trailer. And as for Tom Hanks, I was looking at this because Tom Hanks did a wrote, directed, and starred in the movie That Thing You Do, yeah. which was honestly amazing. <laughs> I actually really dug that movie. That movie was really good because it sounded like a, you know, a rising band back yeah. in that era mm-hmm. that kind of just like had their one hit wonder and then split off you know mm-hmm. it was like totally again great, so. again character work you for these biopics okay elf quest uh elf what am i saying where did that come from elvis elvis <laughs> has to be treated as a character study, just like they did with Ray Charles, just like they did with Tina Turner, 
just like they did with Johnny Cash and all these other really good bi uh, biopics of, of musicians, basically. So, yes, if they can get Tom if they've got Tom Hanks in, you said they've already done the, the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer. Not really that interested in seeing it. But if anything can turn, can bring Elvis back, because Lilo and Stitch didn't quite pull it off, then, hey, then... <laughs> At least it got kids to know who Elvis was. That was better than what they had before. But uh, eh, we'll see what happens. And until next time, we'll, when we get to see even more dumpster fires, most likely. Chris, any final thoughts? Of course not. You can, you can almost hear like the, the tone because they've gone off for the evening and they haven't quite finished with the test pattern yet. Boy, there nobody. Oh, yeah. When was the last time you saw a test pattern on television, without deliberately yes. seeking one out? That's true. Are we gonna go watch Batman? I know you don't like him, but I have to watch it because it is Batman. Rainbow Sparkles, Batman. Yeah. Why would I want to go see Rainbow Sparkles, just... Batman? You see it and tell me whether it's worth watching. Oh, I will. There's so many people at work that said the exact same thing, <laughs> and I said, listen. Don't Here's, listen to reviews. Don't listen to people. Listen to a true Batman fan. I will watch this movie, and I will tell you exactly what it is I think. You know, it's this is what's really funny. You're the one with the audience, okay? People come in and listen to you, and yet I'm one who keeps pounding off on these things. But my videos only get like three watches, four watches. I don't Any video have my I'm videos. In. I'm doing it in person at people that know me. I know. And you've still got more people watching than I do. But anyway, till next time, y'all. Spike. Chris. And the show was geeking out. We'll see you all down the way, girl. Ta.